I just, uh, do you remember that time when I said P-O-D-C-A-S-T, tell me what it means to me? And yeah. how that was like the highlight and the best intro we've ever done. Yeah. I just thought that I'd do some general, some some Googling for, for good tips to start a podcast. You know, All right. See if anyone's got any fresh ideas. Stumbled upon this page on the audacity to podcast.com, which is uh, how to effectively do a podcast opening. Okay. So, and this is his point. It says, imagine someone starts listening to your podcast on their way to the grocery store. That's how I start all my podcasts. Yeah. Be unique as early as possible. So we need a USP. Summarize what the episode contains. Identify yourself and your co-hosts. Explain your purpose to new listeners. Keep your own into 30 to 60 seconds before your content. Think about modern movies. Very few credits in the opening, straight into the action, then all the credits at the end. So, But you leave that. I'll, I'll cogitate on that. Let's not worry too much about it. Anyway, here we go. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to episode 68 of the Unraveling Technology podcast. Yeah. Me, Joe Tonks. Joined by Adam Willerton, and only Adam Willerton, unfortunately, today. We've uh, unfortunately, well, just you know, because I think uh, I, I I don't want to upset my co-host no, David Johnson, who's um, just absent. Let's <laughs> let's just say okay. conspicuously absent. No, he's got a he's he's taken a few days. I'm sure he's on a beach somewhere, uh, leaving us two to to prop up the. Uh, the, the podcast. I'm sure he's furiously refreshing his podcast app, seeing, uh, seeing when the latest episode's out. Yeah. Notice how I do that when he's not here. I've yet to see a time when he puts up podcasts when I'm not here. Mm. But anyway, we won't get into the politics of the podcast. There's enough politics going on at the moment, isn't there, Adam? Too much. Isn't it? Anyway, let's jump straight in. I've got this... Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, Donald J. Trump's tweet. Because you know, I feel that's something we can both we can both contribute to. <laughs> so this hit, this landed. Uh, I think it was yesterday, yesterday morning that I first saw it. It had been up for about four hours at the time, mm. when the uh, commander in chief, Mr. J- uh, Donald J. Trump, uh, tweeted, "Despite the constant negative press, Kovfefe." <laughs> <laughs> Am I pronouncing that right? I don't know. Only uh, he knows. It's a very um. Very, very fresh one, this very fresh meme. Uh, basically, Donald Trump uh, tweeted some nonsense, uh, um, most nonsense than usual anyway, and uh, it's it's just kind of, you know, I've got the old internet machine going. Mm. Um, I don't I don't know what was what he was trying to Im- imply in the tweet. Despite the constant negative press, Kovfefe. Kovfefe. I, I think people, I think people are, uh, are saying that he was trying to type conference and then... Mm-hmm. Just lost his train of thought. Up. Yeah, <laughs> got distracted by something. So we've got um, you know people doing mock-ups. I sent you that one earlier of that scene from the movie Arrival where she's trying to communicate with the aliens, just holding up the word "Kofefi" on a board. Uh, it was you know it was it was a bit of nonsense to start the day. I, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I think he's even done a follow-up tweet uh, afterwards saying, "Yeah, but now what it's, it, it's something like yeah." Now I know. Now he's playing into it. It's not quite. As funny. Anymore, now he's in on the joke. It's like, okay. I suppose good on him for responding to it. But this is what's interesting. So the original tweet is gone. And we're left with the ones saying, whatever it says. Like something like, oh, I guess you'll all have to try and guess what confefi means. 
and everyone's like, oh, hey, Donald Trump. Uh, but what's what's interesting is that Donald Trump's no no stranger to Twitter, is he? Mm. Um, and there's quite a lot that I was reading when this was going up about people going, well, that's in the Library of Congress now. And I was like, well, what does that mean? Oh, yeah. So apparently, oh, up until a certain point, well, me and you, average, you know, the, the proletariat, we have, a, we have a right to destroy our own property, essentially. We have a, to, to destroy records, mm. apparently. I don't know. And that was the case also for the presidency up until Richard Nixon. And uh, the whole, I think it was the whole Watergate thing. Mm. And out of that, they they created this thing called the uh, Presidential Records Act of 1978. Uh, which And this is taken from a website called theconversation.com. It says the PRA, that's Presidential Records Act, if you're keeping track, Adam, uh, sets strict rules for presidential records created during a president's term. They include material related to constitutional, statutory, or other official or ceremonial duties of the president. This includes records created on electronic platforms like email, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. So when people are saying, oh, that's in the Library of Congress now, it's because I think the implication is that anything that Donald Trump makes available publicly is is a matter of public record mm. to prevent um, whatever you could do by obscuring information. Just, I don't know, maybe it's to do with, his, you know, like history records and stuff so that people, you know, you mm. couldn't... Yeah, that... Well, I think it was, in, in Nixon's case, it was so that he couldn't uh, destroy the tapes that like led to his resignation. Mm. Whereas what Donald Tr- Trump has done here, he's gone and he's deleted the previous tweet. Now, I don't think anyone's going to hold into account for that because, as I say, it's, it's a matter of record. You know, there's no no one's going to forget about this tweet in a hurry. But can you envisage a future where the, a tweet being deleted might be a cause for legal legal grounds? Do you think we'll ever get to the point where Twitter is such a matter of such a, an institution, a matter of record that well, I, th- I think it is already. I mean, like people get, people have been prosecuted on the back of tweets they've sent, you know, kind of racist or sexist or abusive tweets. People have been. I think the first one that I remember hearing was a guy in an airport who was frustrated at the queues and threatened to blow the place up. And yeah, I think yeah. it was like Robin Hood Airport or something like that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but interesting. Anyway, just just a quick aside. You know the. Um, I forget the guy's name. It's like the deputy, not the deputy, um, not the deputy president. The- oh, Sean Spicer. Yeah. Did you yeah. see that? What he said? Uh, I I had it relayed to me by someone. But yeah. I didn't. I'm not sure entirely what he said. So he said uh, someone at a press conference asked him what this what this word meant that <laughs> Donald Trump had tweeted, uh, and he just said. Only he and a few select people close to him knows knows what that means with absolutely no sense of irony whatsoever. Is that, really? Not yeah. even like a cheeky wink at the camera? No, no, he was deadly serious. Like the entire like press conference erupted in, in laughter, but I think, <laughs> like I think he was trying do. to pass it off as some calculated move by Donald Trump to tweet this <laughs> ridiculous word. Oh, Kofefe. You, you mean the launch codes? Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, right. So uh, first thing I've got today is a, a little article from The Verge. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Google I.O. was on, and that's kind of Google's answer to the to the Apple conferences, you know, where they announce all of their new stuff, mm-hmm. uh, where they unveiled the latest and greatest. And one thing that seemed to come out of that that seems to have a lot of people upset is that with the latest version of Android, they're going to be killing what are affectionately referred to as the blob-style emojis. Now, I know you don't have an Android phone, and neither do I. Um, David does. He'll be using it to listen to this podcast, in fact. Uh, there's like um, little little emojis, you know, emojis. But in, rather than have little, little round faces like you expect from an emoji, it's got like a little, it looks like a blob. Well, isn't it, isn't it like meant to be the Android Yeah, it's, it's, it's Android a oh, logo. Well, you know, it's like a little android, Le- like a little green Le- android. Yeah, yeah. Well, isn't isn't it meant to be the head of that thing? I don't think so. I mean, it, it's just uh, I, here's an example. Everyone can Google. That's oh, that's right, a blob yeah. emoji. It's, okay. it's, it's it looks like a um, just a normal emoji that's melted a bit. Really. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, they've decided that with the latest version of Android, which is called Android, is it Android O? The Android O beta, something like that. So they're well, on that's a, the operating system. So you had Android 7.0, I think, is the current one. Android O beta is this the new one? What happened to naming them after the? I think they've probably still got their names. Right. But, um, I don't know. I will. I will do more investigation, and I will let you know. But uh, this is where David's probably screaming at us, saying, no, that's not what it's called, and you're saying it wrong. <laughs> um, but, yeah, a lot of people upset because they like uh, the, the cute little uh, emojis. And, uh, in fact, I'm going, to, I'm going to find an example for you. So one of the ones that, that people have taken as kind of like uh, is kind of the, the flag for this outrage is the bunny rabbit. So well, we'll put this up with a podcast as well. But the previous bunny rabbit was kind of like a little bunny's head. And there's two. There's, there's a head and there's an actual bunny. And they've kind of created a new one. But it looks a little bit like a cat, doesn't it? It's, it's like a vampire bunny. Yeah, like a vampire bunny. I don't know. It's all generally... It doesn't look as good. Um, but anyway, I've talked before about the um, the... Unicode Consortium, who are the guys that put together all of the different emojis across all the different platforms. So, you know, you've got you've got your iOS ones, the ones that Twitter use, the ones that Facebook use, Microsoft, etc. Now, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm overreacting, but I feel like the reason a lot of people go to Android is because they like the versatility of Android. Mm. So you get iOS, you you you've got you've got a nice streamlined experience there. But if you go with Android, then you can, you've got the scope to customize it and do what you want. You can really kind of own your phone. So a lot of people, I think, are upset because this is kind of like Android stepping in line a bit, getting back in line. Yeah. So apart from the fact that some of the pictures are downright weird and strange, a bit of it is kind of more like, oh, they're just falling in line with the rest of them to kind of make this standard. And I could see that why they would, because to come at this from another angle, you have the issue of emojis that don't translate. So do you remember all of the the controversy about the gun emoji? Yeah. So Apple had this gun and and they changed it to a water pistol. 
And then I think in response, Microsoft did the complete opposite and they took a water pistol and turned it into a gun as kind of like, uh, <laughs> oh, you see, we're not gonna we're not gonna censor our emojis and things like that. <laughs> Uh, there was a website called Group Lens who did this report last year, which was called Investigating the Potential for Miscommunication Using Emoji. Mm-hmm. And it was going through and it was giving the example of the smile emoji. So on a Microsoft, Samsung, Google, LG, if you do a smiley emoji, you get a little smiley face. But for some reason on the Apple one, you get this weird little constipated looking face, <laughs> like like kind of like a bad teeth kind of, oh, kind of right, thing instead. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people were taking it to mean... The example they've got on the paper is like a a little timeline where on one end it's like negative emotions, on the other end it's positive emotions. And they pulled a load of people and said, oh, here's the smiley face emoji. Where do you feel looking at it that it falls on this scale between positive and negative emotion? And most people would put all the uh, Android and Samsung and Google ones up at the happy end. But then everyone put the Apple one more towards the negative end of things. Mm-hmm. So do, do we need, do you think, to bring everything in line? Or is that giving emojis more weight than they perhaps deserve as pictures, funny little pictures? Well, first of all, I think that emojis are not are not just little pictures anymore. They're, they're quite, because it's spread across even you know even in emails now there's like unicode support i, th- I think it's unicode support well they've at least got mm-hmm. emojis haven't yeah, they yeah yeah um so i think it's becoming like quite a important part of communication um but like and they've it... got a movie <laughs> well yeah <laughs> you can't keep with that yeah patrick stewart's the poop emoji isn't it so i hear <sighs> what a world i know <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, like that's what Unicode's supposed to be for, isn't it? So Unicode, they like define each emoji, and there's like a, a, a text description of what it should look like. Mm. And if you want to implement that on your operating system, you have to design an emoji that fits the description. So, I mean, what what more could they do? I don't know. There's, um, I suppose, it in the end, it kind of doesn't really matter. It's just another thing for people to. Yeah. Get a bit upset about. What's interesting, though, is you can get domains now, web domains, that are just comprised of emojis. So there's really? a, there's, yeah. So if you go to, um, like, heartheartheart.ws, that's a website called I Love Domains, like I Heart Domains, where you can buy domains that have emojis in them. So, oh. like, a picture of a beer or whatever. But, and because it's Unicode, it'll work across everything. So you could but say... How would you, um how would you do that if you were typing it on a keyboard? Well, this is the thing. But I suppose a lot of people will be using phones. Mm. But uh, you can only have like... So, you know, you've got your .com and your .co.uk, all top-level domains. With these, you can only use the .ws. So I think that's probably where there's not going to be a lot of widespread adoption for this. I'm not sure why it's just WS but it is widespread <laughs> widespread well actually I, I, a lot of people use it to mean a world site or website or web service mm. ws but actually ws is the official top level domain of western samoa really yeah <laughs> so yeah they must um they must be loving this their <laughs> national identity stolen for some emojis for 
poo poo poo.com or something. <laughs> or dot WS, as the case might be. Uh, other Android news. New phone out. Mm. Mm-hmm. So this is the guy who created Android has created a new Android phone. And he's called it the essential phone. Have you had a chance to have a look at it at all? I haven't, no. Well, don't worry about it because I'm going to tell you about it anyway. Okay, just let me fasten my seatbelt. Okay, right. So, you know what a phone looks like, yeah? Yeah. One of those. Um, it's got a, a, a Cal, Qualcomm 835 processor, 4 gig of RAM, and 128 gigabytes of storage. They're starting from about $700. It's not a cheap phone. It's mm. not a cheap device. Um, but it is from the guy who made Android. And one of the things that always made the Nexus brand, the Nexus phones, appeal to me was that it was just bare-bones Android. There wasn't anything else getting in the way. They weren't bogging it down with stuff the way that you would on, you'd see on, say, the Samsung Galaxy phones. Mm. Uh, and it's also modular as well. So it's got these two little magnetic bits on the back of the phone that let you affix different accessories so that you can do different things. Well, here's... here's what you take from their website, essentials.com, they say, don't you hate it when you have to buy new dongles, chargers, and accessories every time your phone is upgraded? We do too. So what they're giving you here is the option to, down the line, not buy a whole new phone. No, you don't need to do that. Just buy the dongle that will upgrade your phone. Now, it remains to be seen what these modules are. The only example they've got is a little attachment that turns it into a 360-degree camera instead of a regular camera. Okay. But it's, it's kind of a nice idea. Yeah. Question is, do people still want dongles? I feel like we're in kind of a... There's a lot of dongle hate at the moment, mm. especially with the removal of the 3.5 mil jack and macbooks especially kind of reducing the amount of inputs they have so that you have to take dongles anywhere if you want to do anything mm, yeah mm. um they don't have a 3.5 mil jack on this phone either really actually no they've got a USB-C connector which you can plug a dongle into so <laughs> kind of shot themselves in the foot there yeah. saying oh you don't want all these dongles but then you're going to need something if you want to actually use your your headphones mm unless you do everything wirelessly. So so there it is. Apple, everyone might have called them stupid when they first did it, but now you've got other phones following suit taking the 3.5 mil jack off. So I guess it's worked. Mm, I don't know. It's kind of different though, isn't it? Because Apple did it so that you would have to use their own headphones i think the official line was so that they could get the phone thinner than it's ever been yeah but i'm looking at the phone now i reckon you could still get a 3.5 mil jack in there if you wanted to yeah Mm. i mean like people were kicking off about the last i well iphone 6 having a a camera that wasn't flush to the to the Mm. case so like if you (laughs) if you're having like dongles and whatever hanging off of it i can't see people let me tell you something about this phone. Now, and this is where podcast is a bit of a it's a bit of a hard medium to work with because when you're talking about new products, you want to have a picture of it, really. So yeah. I'm going to do my best to describe it here. There's a lot of push with phones nowadays to have a bezel-less display. So for the picture to go all the way to the edge of the phone. Yeah. You know, there's the advert for, I think it's the, is it the Samsung S8 where it's unbox your phone? Yeah. It's like, yeah. knock the walls off your phone. Just have all that space. 
I don't know why you'd want the screen to go all the way to the edge because when you're holding your phone, that just means that you're going to be obscuring part of the screen, surely. Well, what they've done here is as well on this Essentials phone is, you know, you've got your front-facing camera at the top in the middle. Mm. Well, the screen comes sort of up and around that. So you've got your normal rectangular screen, but in the middle of it at the top, there's like a little half circle where it's been cut into by the camera lens. Right. Which, uh, I, th- I don't know if they're trying to be quirky or what, but the I think the idea is that on Android, you've got the little bar there, you know, the notification bar that tells you battery and stuff like that. Yeah. But I don't know. It just looks like it cuts into the screen from where I'm sat. Yeah. Also, if you wanted to watch a film you're going to have a big part of the screen cut out by this little thing. You know, if you turn it into portrait to watch a film. Yeah, yeah. It'll be cut out by the by the camera. I mean, what do you think? <laughs> I don't think it sounds like a great idea. I mean, to speak my truth. But I mean, but what about the phone as a whole? I, I would I, it persuade you to move back to Android. To be honest, I'm feeling very very jaded about the whole phone market. Really? Uh, Adam yeah, um, it's <laughs> turned into a therapy session. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, ads come out like this, but um, I don't, I don't know. I just so you've got another, you've got another Android seven hundred dollar phone, kind of like the Pixel phone that came before it. That yeah, it's got a nice screen, and it's it's. I suppose it's trying to do something a bit different with the modular aspect, but it's not waterproof. It's got an average battery life. It's this is probably the most exciting thing about it, <laughs> which is, again, from, from the website this is taken. Just because we played a part, a part in making it doesn't mean that you should be forced to advertise the fact to everyone in your life. Now you know why we don't have any logos on the phone. They don't have a logo on the phone. Mm. Madness. Which is, I mean, in a world where, in a world where all <laughs> phones kind of look the same, you know, the kind of same black glossy rectangle you're not really helping your your image or, or your, uh, your your market penetration because the thing is when people think android phones or when they think phones they think apple phones and samsung phones mm. to a lot of people that's going to be 90 percent of the phone market so when you come along with a kind of unbranded new android phone i mean even the pixels kind of struggling to make its mark i don't know at this point sad as it is whether there's really room for another 700 dollar android phone yeah mm. yeah i mean that's a, that's the problem i've got because so i've still got an iphone 6 you do and it just works fine like you know yeah, yeah, two, yeah. two and a half years on it's it's fine mm. and it's like you know what more could you want? Well, this, I've, the 7 looks identical. I mean, I, I don't think it... Bet you don't have a headphone jack. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's that's yeah. true. I mean, I've, I've got to say, after, after having this phone for... Uh, it will be going on, I don't know, 10 months now or so. I uh, It is definitely more of an inconvenience than I would have expected. What, not having a headphone jack? Mm, yeah. I mean... I do have some Bluetooth headphones, which I use most of the time, so it's less of a problem then, but they're kind of big over-ear ones. Whereas if I just wanted to use my in-ear Apple ones, I don't know where the dongle is. I've lost it. Really? 
which is what I suppose I expected would happen. Yeah. But also the headphones that came with the phone, I managed to cut in half accidentally with a piece of falling tile when I was redecorating my bathroom. (laughs) So I've kind of, I've scuffered both means of listening to my, to anything on my phone using regular headphones. Mm, I don't know. I was never into that idea, to be honest. No worries. I mean, I know stuff moves on and that the jack's probably going to go away eventually, but... It should move on because something better, there's something better to replace. Yeah, exactly. It, it yeah, doesn't just feel it like it's a massive step forward. arrogant by Apple to just be like, yeah, we're taking it away. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see if other phones follow suit. I think the iPhone 7 probably sold pretty well. Yeah. And so that's not going to deter anyone from put, from taking headphone jacks away, but it'll be interesting to see what the reception is to this phone. Yeah. Stay tuned. <clears throat> right, okay. And the other story that I've got here is about British Airways. Have you heard about this? No. It was kind of it's kind of got lost in the shadow of the whole NHS uh, malware thing. Oh yeah. But last weekend, so the bank holiday weekend, uh, British Airways had this massive system meltdown that essentially stranded loads of people at Heathrow for, you know, some people overnight. They had uh, the the shops in the airport were running out of food. Oh. <laughs> Just loads of people stranded, una- unable to get away, which has left British Airways potentially facing this massive compensation bill for people uh, due to an EU law about, uh, I guess, recompensating your passengers. Yeah. So that's uh, that. That's hit them, and they've been dealing with that for the last few days. It was purportedly due to a power issue. So they have, I believe it's right underneath the the Heathrow runways, they've got a data center. <laughs> I, I guess it's quite far underground. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You figure that maybe the vibration wouldn't be that great for, for service. <laughs> anyway, maybe uh, a, a, a UPS somewhere failed or something went down rather than malware this wasn't a malware issue which yeah. i'm sure everyone was keen to jump on like oh has there been a some kind of malware attack wasn't that uh but uh british airways have since gone on to blame the meltdown on their outsourced it in india okay <laughs> who uh who apparently didn't know how to implement the backup so they had their problems there's it, there's a lot of hearsay out there but for, Something happened. They had to implement the backup, and British Airways have responded saying, "Oh, it was because our outsourced IT weren't weren't able to do whatever they had to do." Yeah, yeah. So maybe something to be said about getting what you pay for, because I know a lot of companies do look at outsourcing as a cost saving measure. Whereas in this case, maybe it didn't pan out quite as well as they would have liked. Is this you advertising uh, Virginal Howden's? <laughs> Onshore yeah. services. <laughs> Onshore services, <laughs> absolutely. Um, it does actually, the, the whole situation does play kind of into the whole IT ethos and how you should approach you, the IT in your company. Yeah. Just, so I, I, would, I would imagine there's a lot of IT admins kind of shaking their heads at this news and going, well, that's what happens if you don't invest in IT infrastructure. Yeah. And it will will come back to haunt you. But mm. I know from companies' perspectives, you know, from a higher, from a higher up looking at that, looking at IT, there is kind of a, there's a, well, the thing is, Adam, people don't look at IT infrastructure as somewhat something that's profit generating. 
It's right. kind of a necessity. It's there. Uh, there's this, there's a meme I've seen going around a few times, which is uh, everything's working. What do we even pay you for? And then right beneath it, everything's broken. What do we even pay you for? Yeah, <laughs> That's kind yeah, of the kind of that. approach to IT in a lot of cases. Um, so yeah, IT is not seen as particularly profit generating. You need, you know, r- redundant supplies, uh, redundant power supplies and redundant networking, lots of redundancy. And a lot of people would have a look at, look at the bill. You know, you could go to them and say, oh, we need extra power supplies. Okay. What do we need these for? Well, if the power goes out, then these will pick up the slack, but the power's okay now. We're okay now. Yeah, we're okay now. Okay. Well, let's not worry about it too much. Yeah. Um, now, and I think with a lot of companies as well, the reason can be that even if you were to invest heavily, I mean, if you look at the NHS thing, you could invest heavily, a lot of money in the IT infrastructure. But even then, you might see a lot of investment for little return. You, For a bigger company, you could throw a lot of money at it and maybe still not even get to the root of the problem and mm-hmm. find yourself in a similar situation down the line. There's always going to be other points of failure. Yeah. So it could be less impactful, you know, don't get me wrong. There's there's no reason not to. You should invest in resiliency. But for a lot of companies, for a lot of businesses, it's not particularly a high priority. So what's your what's your advice for anyone <laughs> thinking no. about not, not getting IT well, infrastructure? There's a there's a saying which kind of bears bears repeating here and that's this that there's no such thing as a successful backup there is only a successful restore because until it comes to that point when that thing happens you often don't know and for a lot of companies it doesn't bear thinking about so i i couldn't find a solid stat so you got to take this with a pinch of salt but i saw apparently the percentage of businesses that don't recover from serious downtime never really recover it really? can you know, if they're offline for a few days, say, then a lot of, and then a lot of them will be smaller in startups, but it's, you know, it's shut up shop time, essentially. Mm. <clears throat> but uh, that said, yeah, I think, so I think there's, there's something to be said for a bit of resiliency there. But, you know, a lot of people say, well, if it's, if it's not broken or it doesn't break much, don't fix it. To a certain extent, that's true as well. It's absolutely balancing mm. and i know some people that would say okay well let's mitigate every t- every type of risk we can we can't afford to have that risk and there'll be others who'll say right okay well if if we do have a problem we'll have a, a day or two of downtime that's fine we can we'll factor that in yeah so to each their own but yeah it'll be interesting to see if anything's learned from the the whole fiasco here and whether the 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 worth of on-site IT or you know having having an IT team that's not outsourced is is picked up on. There was also a, a thing going round about an internal memo that was sent to staff saying you know we we know we have these these outages. Uh, we would really appreciate it, staff if you didn't go you know live tweeting or reporting about it. But I think that's fairly par for the course anyway. I suppose if you're a company, you've got you've got guys, you've got you've got Adam Willertons on staff who will do the the customer facing stuff, you know. Yeah. Putting a nice putting a nice face on it. So, 
yeah, there you go. British Airways. I get, and again, what, what they're saying about it being a power power outage issue. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it's very old kit. Maybe, who knows, maybe it was outsourced. You, you're maybe not going to know. But the point is, uh, there's going to be there's going to be quite a hefty compensation charge for them. So, mm. Mm. Okay, well, that rounds up my stories for today. I do have time for a quick uh, Kickstarter, if you... Hit me with it, yeah. Go, going for that. Okay, right. So it's not a it's not it's not a Kickstarter. It's an Indiegogo. <clears throat> so forgive me that. But this is a product that I found called Refill, and that's Refill with two E's. I'm not entirely sure why. And if you bear with me a second, here we go. So you do you like water, Adam? Yeah. 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 I love it. You're on the water bandwagon. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Okay, right. Well, <laughs> good, good. So this is this is from the official page here. We're addicted to bottled water, and it's a very costly habit. Water bottle sales topped 21 billion in the United States last year, finally surpassing those of soda, which I think is quite a big statistic, actually. I wouldn't have thought that more people were buying bottled water than were buying Coke. Mm. Um, but I guess... I don't know. I think water's got quite a good uh, quite a good image at the moment. You know, yeah. drink some water, get healthy, etc. Anyway. Yeah, I, I mean it's all like smart water and vitamin water, isn't it? It's yeah. Like... Yeah. Okay, well how's this, right? So you're out, you want some water, your bottle's empty. What if you could pay two dollars a month to have access to a network of essentially water fountains that gave you filtered cold water um don't they exist for free (laughs) yes but are they sanitized filtered unlimited cold and delicious uh not always i'll be i mean i'm gonna take issue with the last one there i don't think there's such a thing as delicious water (laughs) But yeah, what refill essentially does, and they're doing this already in New York at various in various places, and they're looking to essentially expand their network. It's a it's a network of stations where you can take your water bottle and you use an app which com- communicates with the the refill station using Bluetooth, and it gives you cold water on tap for the low low cost of two dollars per month. I, um, I get what you're saying, right? No, I, mean, I get what you're saying. There's there's already water fountains. Absolutely. This is it's kind of a hard one to defend because on the face of it, it does sound like yeah, there's there's there's, there's water fountains already. But yeah, you know when sometimes you look at a water fountain and you think, oh no, like yeah, yeah, you know the ones where you hold down the button and it just kind of dribbles out. Do you know what? It might surprise you, but I actually think this is a good idea. Yeah. Two dollars is nothing, really. It's not, but it is another subscription where I, a lot of people already feel that they're kind of being bled dry, you know, death by a thousand cuts. And also, you know, one of the selling points of it is that, you know, can you can you get this stuff everywhere? Can you get f- fresh water everywhere? Like, you can't get, until they get put it everywhere, you can't get refill everywhere, can you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you have so to like kind you of... have to go to specific places in New York to get this. T- 
Well, the process is this, Adam. You use the app to locate the nearest station. You go to the station, you activate it with Bluetooth on your phone, and then you enjoy that cold, cold water. Mm. Uh, I hear, I'm kind of in two minds about it, to be honest. It also, it gives you some, so every time you fill up, it also gives you some good, some feel-good stats. So it'll tell you how many bottles you've saved from landfill. It donates it puts towards, you know, giving water, fresh water to uh, third world countries. They also offer, if you really want to go in, if you want to get like the five-year subscription or whatever, they'll throw in a free refill bottle. You know, their, their little sleekly designed water bottle. But you can use whatever. There's not like there's a chip in the bottle or anything. You just put whatever receptacle you like. Stick, a, stick your gourd under there and just fill up. Um... I suppose it would be useful because, if, well, think about it. If you spend more than $2 a, m- a month on bottled water. Yeah, exactly. Then it's worth it, isn't it? Do you? Uh, I don't. I think I have bottled water maybe twice a year. Really? As a treat. I don't know. I, I I don't drive, though, so I take trains everywhere. So quite often I'll just get a bottle of water for the train. I mean, if we expand it out, just if you do you buy beverages. Yeah. Bottled beverages. Yeah. Buy? Okay, right. I mean, it's hydration, essentially. Yeah, I think th- maybe that's why I think it's all right. Like, if 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 you've got one of these stations like on your way to work as well, mm-hmm. if it's there, yeah, you kind of might and, as well. And but I'll be honest, like sometimes, like where I work, like the water is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like from the tap, it's horrible. I, uh, so I just don't want water. Drink it. Maybe it's one of those no, things. You know, not, like how you can be a coffee snob, you're a water snob. I am, yeah. I mean, it, well, even in even in BHL Towers, the the water from the kitchen does not taste the same as the water from the water fountain upstairs. Right. And I used to always go... Is go that just because it's colder from the water fountain, though? Well, yeah, but that's what that that's what that refill's saying, isn't it? It's saying it's cold, fresh water. Just, yeah, I suppose so. What I think they need to do is get themselves a partnership with Robinsons or something like that. Get some cordial in there, some juice concentrate. Oh, yeah. That would be a good idea. Because then also you get a bit of a kick to your funding because you have them kind of... Oh, well, I don't know. That might, might go the opposite way. <laughs> it might be you have to pay Robinsons to get, get cordial in there. Yeah. But if you give them license <laughs> to slap their name all over the front of it, you could quite easily subsidize this thing. So, right. So the the cost is $2. That's it. You don't have to pay for the bottle. You don't have to... Well, the bottle you get if you pay more money. Right. So it's, there is tiers then. So a one-year membership would be... $29 apparently which yeah that sounds maybe about right I don't that's yeah. just over $2 a month uh-huh. so if you were but if you wanted a bottle then you want to um, just looking for it here yeah so a, a one a refill for one year is $29 uh, a, if you do it for five years then you get a free bottle that's $60 $180 uh, you get a lifetime refill thing. So $180 all in, you'll never pay for water again. Uh, and the, the bottle is designed by Juan Miguel Marin, an Ecuadorian artist based in Brooklyn. Sold. <laughs> well, there you go. Anyway, that's uh, that's refill. It's not the most mind-blowing Kickstarter we've ever had. It's not even a Kickstarter. It's an Indiegogo. <laughs> but... <laughs> I can I can see I can kind of see where they're coming from. Yeah. 
Mm. You know, you know, I usually hate on the Kickstarters of the week, but I actually don't think that's he doesn't as ridiculous one. as you might think. Yeah, okay, there we go. Changed some minds today. <laughs> okay, right. Well, I'll do us. I think. Um, I think it feels like a shorter episode than usual, but um, that's okay. That's um, David will be David will return. We'll be back with another full blown episode next week. Thank you for joining me, Adam. That's all right. I think, uh, I think we got through that. <laughs> well, um, if you want to get in touch with us about anything, anything at all, then please do send us uh, an email to podcast at unravelingtechnology.co.uk or send us a tweet at unravelingtech. You can also check out the blog, which is unravelingtechnology, and drop us a little review on whatever platform you are listening to this on. It'd be very much appreciated. Right. Let's go enjoy that warm weather. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye. Bye. Bye.